Don't worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis, and know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am happy to be with you once again with another episode of the show. Just a reminder, coming next week is my special uh, 50th birthday episode with a lot of exciting things on there. So make sure if you're listening now and you're new to the show and you're, you want to get subscribed, get yourself subscribed so you do not miss any of the action that happens with that episode. And you hear my, more great stories like my guest today. Today I have with me Matt Morrow. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm glad we're getting to talk. So let's get into it, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. All right, so, um, you know, as long as I can remember, I've always been an overweight guy. Um, even as far back as, like, five years old, I've always been overweight. And, I, you know, when you're five years old, you don't really realize, like, oh, I'm fat or, or whatever. And, um, but, you know, as I got older, I kind of started to realize, like, oh, I'm kind of bigger than all the other kids. And, you know, even now, as, you know, in my 30s, you know, I look at pictures, and you know, my mom and dad takes, you know, old pictures out of, like, look, and I'm like, oh, wow, I've always had man boobs, and I've always had a stomach, and everything else, I'm sure other other people can relate to that, but, um, you know, a child, I've always been the biggest in my class, I've always, you know, been more or less picked on for that as well, so, you know, I'm, you know, very accustomed to being bullied and made fun of, of my weight, so, you know, all through elementary school, middle school, you know, junior high school, high school, I've always been overweight. And, you know, one of the things that I always had to deal with, again, was bullies of my weight. And that, you know, made me very timid and very self-conscious and kind of what started creating the whole body dysmorphia that, you know, even today I still deal with from time to time. But, um, you know, I really didn't think about trying to lose weight or getting in shape until you know after high school or no towards probably the middle of high school but you know when I'm, i was in middle school i started weighing myself and even my doctors were like hey you know you're pretty overweight you need to lose weight and to me i didn't really care about that i was like 150 pounds in middle school and you know i come from an italian family and you know obviously my mom cooks pastas and heavy on the carbs and you didn't really have any healthy snacks so I would come home after school and I would eat pizza rolls, uh, you know, Hot Pockets, all that kind of stuff, and just, just play video games. And, you know, my parents, they tried their best. They tried to get me, you know, involved in sports and football. They're like, hey, you're a big kid. Use your size to your advantage. But because of all the bullying, I was timid. I didn't know how to use my size. And, and, and that didn't really, that yeah, that didn't really last. I, I played like one season in junior high school. And I was just like, yeah, I'm good. I'll go back to playing Xbox and, and video games. So, come to about, um, probably my junior, my, no, sorry, my freshman year of, of, uh, high school. Now, I dealt with bullies, like, on and off because of my weight for years, but, but never as bad to the point where it was, like, junior high and the first year of high school. I went through some really, really, you know, unfortunate things with a couple of bullies where I was, like, quite humiliated. Uh, there was an instance where, you know, you know, I was made to, like, stare, like, at a spot on the friggin' ceiling of the bus for, like, the whole ride, and if I looked away, this kid would, like, you know, like, start yelling at me. It was just, you know, it was, it was unfortunate. So, 
you know, I went through all of that, and then, you know, as high school progressed, it got a little bit better. I started, you know, having more friends in high school, but I never really hung out with them outside of high school, but I still always remained to have the same core of friends. Um, probably about midway through high school, I want to say, is when I finally started to go to the gym, and at this point, I was, I was probably about, I want to say like 250 pounds midway through high school. So I was a big boy, you know, I was like, you know, waist of a 44, you know, 2X size shirt. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, you know, unfortunate, but so I started going to the gym with my sister, one of my buddies and like my neighbor and her boyfriend, like all five of us would go to the gym and we didn't know what we were doing. We would just go, we would lift weights and, you know, we would, you know, didn't know anything about splits, didn't know anything about cardio, like, just, we didn't know anything, we would just lift stuff, like, oh, let's try this, or let's try that, so we would be doing, like, thighs, and legs, and back, and, like, shoulders, or chest, all on the same day, but it, it was at least getting active, and, you know, we did that for a couple of months, and then they graduated, so they kind of stopped going, so we kind of stopped going, because we weren't you know, driving at the time, and so whatever weight I lost, I think I lost, like, 15 or 20 pounds, I just gained that back, because I wasn't, you know, being active anymore. And then fast forward to my senior year of high school, um, I uh, created a friendship with um, this guy. His name, his real name is Brandon, but we call him Paco because his last name is Pakovitz. But uh, me and him became friends, and there was like probably about seven or eight of us guys, and we would all like hang out after school like, towards the middle of our senior year, and we would all hang out, play Xbox, video games, you know, you know, eat food, whatever, and I started gaining more and more weight, and my one friend one day eventually was, like, after high school, we had graduated, and we were, like, kind of just doing our own thing, one of the guys, the, the main guy, his name is Doug, we started, like, we would hang out at his house all the time, and he really became, like, a friend of me, he would, like, bully me all the time, he would... And if my friends listen to this this episode, they'll understand what I'm talking about. They, I was put like low man on a totem pole, so I was treated like utter garbage by this guy, and he was kind of the ringleader. So, you know, it was it wasn't like a daily hell, but it was kind of like constantly this whole me still being timid and not standing up for myself because of my weight. It was just a vicious cycle with this guy. So finally, one day, my friend Paco was like, "Hey." Like, dude, like, Planet Fitness has a black card membership. I know how to work out. I haven't been able to really work out that much. You know, if you want, I'll start going with you when you get out of work, and we can start going together. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's do it. Like, I need to make a change. And at this point in my life, I think I was, like, two, around 250, 275. I don't really remember how big I was back then, but I was, like, close to the 300 range, but not there yet. I was thinking I was probably about 290. So... Went down the street, uh, there was a, a Planet Fitness, um, you know, probably about 10 minutes from my house, not even. We went there, I signed up for the Black Card membership, and I remember this, because there was a Chinese food spot, like, literally three stores down, uh, and me and him go there, and I'm like, oh, they have, like, a 15 dumpling special, like, I'm gonna get that, this is gonna be my last fat meal ever, and, you know, I laugh about it today, because I can't tell you how many times, and I'm pretty sure some other guys know what I'm talking about, it's like, oh, it's my last fat meal, or it's, like, mm -hmm. my last big heart. Uh, that's big hurrah. And uh, so the me and him started going on a regular basis. I started eating healthier and I started losing weight. I started, you know, dressing a little bit better, caring about my appearance and, and, and stuff like that. And before I knew it, I, I think I was, I think I was down probably about 30 or 40 pounds. And I was, I was, I was, I lost a good amount of weight and I actually felt, felt pretty good. And, you know, at this point, like, I kind of started talking to girls because I never really had a girlfriend. So, you know, my friend Doug had uh, hooked me up with this this girl, Julia. And we, uh, me and her started talking. And, you know, she was kind of, I wanted to go out with me, kind of didn't want to go out with me. And then, like, I found out later on that my friend Doug, quote-unquote, friend of me, uh, was talking behind my back. And, and she was, like, he was telling her all this stuff that wasn't true. So, you know, some things go down, and we had made plans, me and him, my friend Doug, had made plans to go out with uh, this girl, Julia, and her friend, who he was talking to as well, and we were, we were planning on going out to the movies, and 
me and him got into a little tiff over the movie because he wanted to go see one movie. I wanted to see the movie they wanted to see. And he was talking a whole lot of smack. And I kind of just snapped at that point. And I finally like, stood up for myself and just like went back at him and called him out on everything. And we didn't really hang out with him after that. Like all of my friends like that I was cool with, except for one or two, because they were like very good friends with him, had seen what was going on, had realized what was going on. And like, they were super excited for me, like, oh, you finally stood up for yourself. I'm so happy for you. And I tell this because this is the point of my life where I kind of like stepped into who I am today, kind of like finally like walking through that door of like, okay, I'm my own person. This is who I'm going to be. I'm actually going to stand up for myself and, you know, be confident. And um, at this point, you know, I, my friend, like probably about a year later, my buddy Paco, um, needed to make a change in his life, and he decided to join the army, and he moved away and went to boot camp, so I was kind of left by myself at this point, and this is when I went from going to Planet Fitness, they had opened up an LA Fitness, um, probably about 15 minutes from my house, I joined LA Fitness, and this is when I took my training and working out and my, um, my uh, nutrition to the next step, and I went from about, I want to say, 275-ish, 260-ish, with about, in, within about a year, I'd gotten down to about 235, and I was, you know, I was eating right, I wasn't necessarily milk, meal prepping, but I would, you know, I would be eating healthy, you know, chicken, salads, you know, oatmeal, hard-boiled eggs, like, I was being conscious of what I was eating, um, but there was still once in a while where I would have my binge eating and, and, you know, binge eating was one of my biggest problems all throughout my journey. And I'm, I'm sure other guys can relate to that where it's like, all of a sudden you're like, go out and get food or you just go in the fridge and before you know it, you've consumed like 1100 calories in one fitting. And it's like, what just happened? Um, so, you know, I was still dealing with that from time to time, but it was, it was kind of in check. And, um, so I would join the local fire department at this point as well. So I was being pretty, fairly active between all this stuff, you know, still going to the gym, still trying to eat right, and then, you know, work, you know, at the firehouse all the time. But one of the things at the firehouse, and I'm sure some people that listen to this podcast will understand because they're, you know, hopefully volunteers as well. There's always free food around. There's always soda around. You always have access to all this stuff. So it's like, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, putting drugs in front of a drug addict and mm -hmm. like, hey, don't, don't touch this stuff, right? right. You know? So, you know, it, it was kind of hard. You know, I'd walk in and just like, I'd see the free cans of Coke or the free, you know, the cans of Dr. Pepper and then like cheese doodle or whatever it may be. Like, oh, we had pizza for the meeting tonight or oh, we got pasta. And it's just like, oh, I'll have a little bowl and then a little bowl turns into two bowls and two bowls turns into three bowls and then all of a sudden you're two cans of soda in. It's like, oh, and now I feel like crap because I just ate all that and you know, so, you know, I, I still dealt with that from time to time. Um, then I met uh, my, um, my ex-girlfriend, me, me and her had met, and me and her started talking, and, you know, we hit it off, we started getting serious, and then we started, like, officially dating, and, and me and her dated for about, I want to say, two years, and within that two-year time, the gym kind of started, like, I'd be going last unless I'm getting more and more unmotivated and you know it's like oh well I don't have to look as good anymore you know I have like this gorgeous girl I'm dating and I don't have to worry about my appearance as much anymore and you know I have to spend time with her and you know most guys I yeah I know know what I'm talking about I go out to dinner it's like oh I'm not gonna finish this oh I'll finish it too for you be dear don't worry about it and then you're eating two eating one and a half meals instead of just one but um or, you know, you go home and then you eat her other half at, like, you know, midnight or 11 o'clock, whatever it may be. So, uh, after about a certain point, I was, uh, I had left what I was doing. I was an assistant manager working with the mentally disabled at a, a group home. And then I started working as an electrician's assistant. And I went from, which doing, being with an electrician's assistant actually helped me lose more weight. I think my lowest at that point was 235. And that's why I was working as an electrician's assistant. And then I went from that to doing solar panel installations on roofs and, uh, you know, doing that job, you know, I wasn't packing my lunch. We would go out to breakfast, get an egg sandwich, get a hungry man, get a large iced tea, you know, eating 1200 calories in one go and not even really realizing it. And 
same thing with lunch. You know, a lot of the guys are like, oh, let's go to a buffet or let's go grab the go to the bodega and get you know rice and beans and you know freaking steak and just whatever this is stuff that you shouldn't be eating in excess. So, um, at that point, I started gaining a little bit more weight. Um, I think I'd gone up to about 240, 250 ish with a combination of not being as physically active with my job and having my girlfriend and not, you know, working out as much. And one day I remember I was working on a roof and it was a very steep roof and I kind of like, we were harnessed. We, we always wore harnesses and right. we were always like secured to the roof, but I kind of, I fell and I slid down the roof and I, I caught myself before I slid off of the roof and was hanging like a pinata. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I'm sitting there. I looked at my, you know, the site, uh, the the foreman on the job. I'm like, listen, like I'm done. Like I'm going home today. Like I'm gonna go get checked out. He's like, yeah, nope, you're good. Like get out of here. And that was the last time I showed up to that job. Uh, for two, yeah, for two months, I was like, they're like, are you coming back? Are you coming back? And I'm like, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And that's when I made the decision to go back to school because at this point, I had only gone gone to college for maybe a year, and then I I dropped out. And I was just like, oh, I'll just I'll just work a lot, and I'll make good money working, which I didn't understand the concept of like how the world worked at that point and, you know, eight, 17, 18 years old. But, you know, I finally was like, all right, I'm gonna go back to school. I'm gonna get my EMT. I'm gonna start taking classes. And that's when I decided to completely stop working. And, um, at that point I also stopped going to the gym as well. I was like, I completely, I remember it very vividly. I was in the gym. I was in the middle of my back workout routine and and when I was in the gym, as as I used to be, like we're talking, I was doing splits, I was doing cardio, like I was, man, I was in it, in it, like you know, when I was at my my lightest, I was doing an hour of weightlifting to an hour and a half of weightlifting. I'd go into the basketball court and I would play about an hour and a half of full court basketball. So I would be, I was working out like a, a madman, and this is on like a like four to six times a week basis, and. You know, and I actually forgot about this. There were a couple other stints, like when I was a little bit younger too. And I don't know if you heard about the program called Insanity by mm-hmm. Beachbody. Oh yeah, I yeah I had done that a couple of times with one of my 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 buddy Alex that lived across the street. Me and him did that, and that that actually what kind of catapulted me um, from going to Planet Fitness to LA Fitness because like I was kind of like still I was kind of at a lull after my buddy Paco left. And he was like, my buddy Alex was like, yo, I found this program, let's do it. And I was like, all right, cool, I'll try it. And I was like, holy crap, like, I've never done any type of hit training before. And the first time we did this, like, I was, I, I literally could not go up and down stairs. Like, I had to, like, slide down the banister or, like, go down on my, I was in, in rough shape. But anyway, so, you know, I, at this point, I'm, like, in my early to mid-20s, I think I was, like, 25-ish, 24, 25 and I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop going to the gym. Uh, I focused purely on school um, and, you know, still was dating the girl I was with. And at this point, I'm probably gone back up to about 275, 280-ish. And again, still didn't really care. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I gained some weight back. But, you know, like being with her and being in school, it really didn't bother me that much. So, you know, months and months and months of just being in school and being with her and just all this stuff going on, just one thing went to another. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, I was like 290, 300. And at this point, you know, mine and her relationship had started getting a little bit more strained. There was, you know, she was back in school and she was going to school to be a respiratory therapist. So that's super demanding and like not really realizing that I had to pick up the slack in the relationship. I kind of made it more about myself and not even realizing it. And I started emotionally eating. And then before I knew it, me and her decided to split. And, uh, and then after me and her split, I was like, all right, I'm a free bird. Like I can do whatever I want now. I was kind of like, you know, back. I thought I felt, I, I thought I was like better off at this point. So, after about a month, I kind of like the depression kind of kicked in where I was just like, Oh, I'm lonely. And whenever, and this was probably my biggest downfall up until this past year has always been, I fall back on food to make me feel better. And 
it's that like half hour, 20 minutes of eating where this is the food. It's so delicious. This is great. And then after you're done eating, I felt the guilt. I felt sad. I was just like, oh, well, now I feel like crap because I just did that. So, and that would just be a vicious cycle of like always doing that. Like every, you know, every night, not every night, but like, you know, just not eating great and just relying on food to make me feel better. Right? You know, as, as far back as I can remember, I've always been an emotional eater. I would always eat my feelings. Whenever I was sad, mad, happy, bored, I would just eat, 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 eat. Um, and uh, so that that went on for a couple of months, and before I knew it, I was probably about. Um, oh, and, and another thing too is, is after I, I left the the um, solar panel installation company. That summer, I just burned through my credit cards. Like I had three credit cards, and I racked up maxed all three of them out while I wasn't working and like an idiot I just they all got maxed like thousands and thousands of dollars in debt so between the stress of that and the stress of like school and the stress of losing my girlfriend I was just like it was like a perfect storm of combination of like the stress and just again you know relying on you know Taco Bell pizza all that stuff so going into the summer I think it's at this point it's like 20 17 when did I get my EMT I want to say it was like 2017 2018 I was I was about 300 pounds and I was I was working for no I was still about 290 I started working for uh, a couple different places as an EMT first responder and I still going to school at the same time still trying to figure out what I wanted to do uh, with that whether I wanted to be a nurse or if I wanted to be a paramedic and um, if anybody knows about working as a first responder, um, you, you know, unfortunate is like sometimes you're working overnight hours, sometimes you're not working, you know, during the daytime and, you know, working the overnight. So, I mean, some people can sleep, but I'm not one of those people that likes to sleep while doing this job. I like to be ready and awake and ready to go for anything that happens. So my sleep schedule wasn't the best. Again, these places had all types of food uh, available, candy soda you know to you know, oh let's go to taco bell two o'clock in the morning let's go to wendy's at one o'clock in the morning so you know that for a year kind of uh, ballooned me up to about 3 30 uh 3 15 3 30 and during this time point towards the beginning when was that i think it was 2018 yeah, so I started talking to a girl from one of the departments. Like she was a, you know, she was a nurse. She was really smart, really pretty. Um, you know, I, you know, of course, got a little overzealous and like, oh, you know, got big guy like me, a guy this size. You know, we don't we don't get girls like this. You know, kind of putting myself down. And um, you know, I, you know, what I, I got like I said, I got you know two. Uh, was what I'm looking for. I got my hopes up very quickly, and then like after you know dating, like you know going out for three months, she was like, "I'm I'm sorry, but like I I don't see us you know dating, or I don't see us becoming boyfriend and girlfriend." And like that kind of that was kind of a of a little devastating hit. And that summer, that was the very beginning of summer, and that summer I started drinking a lot. I started using you know drugs. I started you know going out late and just like constant vicious cycle of. Drinking, eating, you know, smoking, you know, other things, and just over and over and over and over all summer long. Um, I I was hanging out with with this one person. He was a very big uh, enabler. Like you know, he's like, "Fuck it, bro. Like, who cares? This is, you know, you're you you're gonna die one day. Like, just live it up. Do whatever. Do whatever." And I'm just like, not really realizing that you know he's helping me go down a path that I don't want to go down. So after the summer had ended, I had come to a point where it's like, all right, do I go down the path of being a nurse or doing being a paramedic? And then I realized that I'm just like, all right, I want to be a paramedic. So I kind of like hunkered down. I stopped doing all the stupid stuff. Um, stopped doing drugs. Stopped doing you know drinking as much, and I kind of focused on me again. But it was kind of hard for me to get back into the gym just because I you know had gone from like being 230 pounds and like pretty, pretty lean, not super lean, but lean enough where I was confident in like, you know, my body to being, you know, this blob again. So, you know, it was really hard for me to get back into the gym. Um, so I tried to, but it didn't really work. And then fast forward to about 2019, 
I kind of started eating a little bit healthier and I kind of pushed myself finally like, all right, you know what? I need to get my eating habits right. And then getting my, after I get my eating habits right, I can get back into the gym. So it's the spring of 2019. Um, I just, again, I just started eating a little bit better. I started focusing on like my diet and it was more or less just like making better choices and not eating late at night. And that kind of helped me a little bit. And I hadn't gotten back into the gym yet. And then over the summer, I had gotten accepted into the the paramedic program that I wanted to get accepted to. So, you know, I was at this point. Oh, actually, I'm screwing up my timelines here. So 2019 is the year I kind of got back on the bandwagon. Where early 2019, I started meal prepping again. Started going to the gym again, started working out. They had actually opened up a Gold's Gym, which was five minutes from my house, and the fire department covered the cost of it, so I didn't have to pay anything. So I was like, I have this great gym, brand new, right around the corner. I have to go use it. So so between the, I want to say, like, the middle of, like, winter of 2019, like, January, February, till about September when I started school, I'd lost, like, 60 pounds. I'd gotten down to 265, 270-ish, which had been the lightest I'd been in a long time. And I looked great. I was doing, I was actually powerlifting at this point. I wasn't really working out the way I used to because I used to, you know, kind of work out more like a bodybuilder type of workout where it'd be like more volume, more reps, and, you know, less heavy weight. Uh, but it, now, for whatever reason, I switched over to lifting heavy. So I was, you know, deadlifting, you know, you know, uh, Oh my God, bench press, squats, like I was focusing on lifting as heavy as possible. And unfortunately, while I was trying to lift 500, uh, join the 500 club, I hurt my back. So that kind of, yeah, so that kind of like, you know, reset me a little bit. So after that whole incident, I'm going, getting started in school. I, the whole fitness thing kind of took a back seat because, you know, paramedics are pretty much trained to the same level as registered nurses but we our skill set is a little bit more advanced kind of towards like doctors so like we can intubate we can do you know we can cardiovert we could there's a lot of stuff that we can do um in the field and it's all crammed within like 10 or 11 months so you know it's a lot of stuff on top of 600 hours of rotation so it's like you know i'm only working two days a week and then I have to study and do these rotations. So like I have very, very, very little free time. So I was, you know, again, I was trying to eat as healthy as I could. And then, you know, I was doing pretty well with that. And then it's the same year COVID hit. So, you know, COVID kind of put a damper on everything where, you know, on my rotations and all that other stuff and going to the gym. So COVID hit, we got restricted. We were from, you know, a distance learning at this point. I mean, I was still working though, thankfully, because of my job, I was able to stay employed um, and able to work. Uh, unfortunately, I got, co- I got COVID in the very beginning of uh, March. So I was down for about a week or two weeks from COVID. I, I was lucky I didn't really have it that bad. Fortunately, I was sick for about four days. But I was still testing positive up until two weeks out until they let me go back to work. So, but one of the things that was going on was this whole thing of like, oh, I don't have to go to school anymore. I don't have any more rotations. Now I have all this free time to do all this stuff. So I would be staying up till three, four o'clock in the morning, playing video games with my boys, getting Taco Bell door dashed, getting Papa John's door dashed. Like those were my main two things though. Like, Maybe Taco Bell and Papa John's. Once in a while, once in a while, I mix in Wendy's in there. Just you know, I want like a Dave's cheeseburger or a double stack or, or whatever. But it would be a, a cheese pizza with extra cheese, and then a bacon chicken pizza with extra garlic sauce. I would get two medium pies, and then I would stop at Seven Eleven. I would get a big gulp with Coke, and then I get another little bottle of Coke, and I would go through about probably a pie total between the two of those. And then maybe one or two extra slices throughout the night and all of the soda. So I'm, I was consuming probably close to two to 3,000 calories a night between all of that, maybe even more. And then, again, working as a first responder, we're going to delis, we're going to pizzerias, we're just, you know, we're not eating healthy, especially with the people that surround me. None of us eat it healthy. I, just one job I still work at right now, you know, 
It, some of the guys there have gotten healthier, but not, they, none of them cared about eating healthy. It was the best greasy food we could get. So this went on for, for months and months and months and months. And then before I knew it, blink, I'm 330 pounds, 340 pounds. I'm like, I'm the heaviest I've ever been. And like for months, I just stayed away from the scale. I'm like, out of sight, out of mind. If I don't know how much I weigh, then I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to feel like crap. So finally one day, I was just like, all right, I'm going to get on the scale. And this was probably around summertime when I, uh, I finished my paramedic finally. I jumped on the scale and I was like, holy crap, like this is, this is not good. I have to, I have to do like this, I have to change something. So this was 2020 going into 2021 and I was like, I'd gotten my paramedic license. I had started to eat a little bit better, but not much. And I, I don't really remember if I started working out or, or if I did. I think I started getting back into it and trying to be a little bit more active, but then, you know, working as a paramedic, as a brand new paramedic, I'm making great money now. I'm just working as much as possible, like working a hundred hours a week, 80 hours a week, you know, and, and doing all that, you know, you're not sleeping right. You're not eating right. And I just kept gaining weight and I kept staying at the same weight and just, it went on for, for months and months at a time. And then, um, I think it was like the end of 2021. No, yeah, no, it was like the middle of 2021. Two of my buddies had gotten this gastric sleeve surgery and I never really thought about getting the gastric sleeve. I remember my one buddy that got it, he mentioned, it, and I'm like, oh, you're crazy. That's silly. Like, why would you do that to yourself? That's such a bad idea. You know, not like thinking anything of it. Like, you know, I think it's a bad idea because you're not going to be able to eat anymore. And that's kind of like the addiction to the food talking. That's not like me being smart as a human. Like I have an addiction and I never really came to terms with the fact that I had an addiction to eating and I had an addiction to like what, like that endorphin rush I would get from eating really good food and a lot of it. And, um, and yeah, so I, I never really came to terms with that. So at the same time, around this time, I went through probably one of the worst bats of depression I have ever gone through. You know, I, I'm, I've always known I've had depression and I've had issues with mental illness and, you know, I really never got help for it or anything because it, it would just come and go and I'd have a couple bad days and I'd get through it and I'd be okay. Um, but there was this string of time between, uh, I want to say like August to about November where it just was really, really, really bad. Like the worst I ever felt in my entire life. You know, I'm like, I'm 340 pounds. I'm overweight. I'm lonely. Like I no no girl wants to give me any attention. Like I suck. And I just put myself in like the worst state of mind, like my anxiety, my depression, everything. And like, it got so bad to the point where like there'd be times where I'd be coming home from work and I'd think to myself, like if I hit 75 miles an hour and I plow my truck right into that tree, like I could end it all. And like this, this was like, you know, I would think about this a couple of times a week and this went on for a couple of weeks and it came to a head one day when I, you know, I hunt, I hunt, I fish, I'm kind of an outdoorsman and like, you know, I had gone out hunting one day uh, for rabbit and pheasant and whatever. I had my shotgun and I came home. No one was home. It was just me. I, you know, my parents were out shopping and I looked at the shotgun and I was like, you know, this shotgun's tall enough where if I, you know, I could put my toe on the trigger, like I could, I could pull the trigger with my toe. And I, I was like, just got really dark. And I'm just like, I unloaded the shotgun, thankfully. And I, I bless myself every day. I am so thankful that I, I did unload the shotgun at that moment. I unloaded it and I, you know, I kind of put it to my forehead and I clicked the trigger with my toe. And like, that's kind of when everything kind of like smacked into play where I was just like, I was like, I need to talk to somebody. Like, it's not just my body dysmorphia. It's also, like, I have obvious mental health issues that I have to deal with. And that's when it came to, like, I need to talk to somebody, even if it's my friends. Like, that click of the trigger was, like, a resounding, like, it was louder than it actually was. And it kind of, like, rang with me. So a couple weeks later, my buddies, my, like, my best friend was in town. He'd gotten out of the Army. He was still living upstate. But, you know, he was in the process of moving back out here. 
And my other uh, my other buddy, uh, Barris, uh, his name is actually Anthony, but we call him Barris. But him and like you know, and my our other friend John were all out grabbing drinks, the bar, and we're just told you know you know talking, and I was just like. I know what these guys have gone through, and if there's anyone I could talk to about this and not feel judged and actually, like, get this all out there, it's these guys. So, in an hour, like, you know, I just told them everything that was going on. I told them everything that I had gone through, every situation, the whole thing with the shotgun, the, the, the hitting, like, a tree with my truck, everything. And, you know, we really didn't talk much about it after that. They were just like, like, listen, we're here to listen to you, bro. Like, whatever you need, like, you tell us, like, we'll always be here for you and you don't need to talk to somebody. Like, we have your back, but you just took the first step forward and that's actually talking about it with other people and getting it out in the open. And and just talking to them about that made a world of difference. And that kind of pushed me into starting to, like, wanting to get healthy again. And then that's when my buddy, you know, my buddy Nick and my buddy Matt, they'd gotten the sleeve surgery and like they would talk for a couple of months. I was like, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. And then I was like, you know, maybe it's maybe it's not so crazy. I just turned 30. I'm not getting any younger. Like I need to make a change. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself uh, I'm going to give myself this like a, a six months of time. If by the end of 2021, I can't lose 30 pounds or start getting back into the swing of things then I'm going to go get consultation and I'm going to get the surgery or I'm going to start thinking about it. And after about four or five months of this, I had not started going to the gym. I had not started eating healthier. I had actually uh, gone to the gym a couple of times, but like from being so big, I think at this point I was like 340, 345. I'd gotten such bad social anxiety and I don't know if anyone else has ever dealt with this before where it's like you like you've had these ups and downs where you've lost a bunch of weight and looked great and you gained it back like you go into the gym and you look at all these people that are thinner than you and it's like you remember what you used to look like and you kind of feel like crap about yourself because it's like I had it I was I was I was at a point where I looked good like I was skinny at one point and then I lost it all. And then, like, you know, start thinking about, like, oh, this guy's thinking, like, oh, what is this fat ass doing in the gym? Or, like, he can't lose weight. Like, all these irrational thoughts would just start going through my head. I would get myself all psyched out, and I would leave. I wouldn't I wouldn't finish my workout. And I did that for a couple of weeks. I would try and try and try. But just my social anxiety was so bad, and my anxiety was so bad that I was like, I, I can't do this. So... I remember this very specifically because I remember one day I had woken up, I'd gotten ready for work, and while I was getting ready for work, I kind of just like realized I'm like, why am I so out of breath right now? Like, like I'm realizing I'm actually having a hard time getting ready. I'm having a hard time putting my socks and boots on. I'm having a hard time putting my pants on, my my underwear, and I'm just like, this is not normal. Like, this is not like like I I have to wake up. Like, this is this is not okay. And then a couple weeks later, I was actually having a difficult time wiping myself. And I'm just like, something needs to change. So then I made a decision to get the surgery. I consulted with the same doctor they used about four or five months later after going through the cardiac test, which I discovered I had like, you know, a couple of cardiac issues. Um, like uh, hyper, uh, one of the ventricles in my heart is a little bit bigger than it should be. Not by much, not by much. Thankfully I was pre pre diabetic. I had hypertension, all this stuff going on. Luckily I got that under control. I had lost like 20 pounds before I'd gotten the surgery cause they wanted me to lose 20 pounds. So I went through that, all that stuff. Um, I kind of got my eating habits in check at that point, and then uh, April uh, 2022, actually my anniversary for my surgery is in a couple of weeks, uh, April 22nd of 2022, I had the surgery done, and within the first month, I lost 30 or 40 pounds, and they tell you, after you have the surgery, get up and walk. Now, the first couple of hours, I'm drugged up, I'm zonked, I'm like out of it, I'm like, I, I am not okay right now. But after a couple of hours, I, you know, the morphine wore, wore off and I was kind of like got my bearings. I started moving around and after two days, I had been discharged home and my very first day, I'm like, all right, I'm going outside for a walk. And my mom's like, what? I'm like, yep, I'm going to go for a walk. And I did a half mile my first week. I'd walk a half mile around the block. I just do one lap. And then the next week I did a mile. 
The week after that, a mile and a half, and I would just throw my headphones on. I would listen to podcasts, listen to music videos, whatever it may be. I would just walk. Uh, fourth month, I would do about two miles. And then that fourth month, they were like, okay, you're clear to start working out. You can work out light, but, you know, not super heavy. I'm like, okay. At this point, I, like I said, I think I lost about 30 or 40 pounds at this point. Like, I was like, wow, this is this is crazy. Um, and after starting to go back to the gym, that, that was a wrap for me, man. Like, I just started, I hit the gym like a bat out of hell. I would, you know, five days a week. You know, I don't really do splits. I just do the way I like to do it. You know, some people don't, like, I tell people my schedule, and they're just like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, listen, it works for me, and I like it. Um, and I did that for a couple of months, and, like, you know, I was eating healthy and everything, but I really didn't do any, like, meal prep. And I used to meal prep, like, really good, but one of the things that I dealt with was the variety. Like, I would make something, and, like, it would be great for the first two days, and the third day or fourth day, I'm like, this is, I'm, I don't want to eat this, and I just throw it away. So that's when I found a meal prep service that I've been using for the better part of seven months, eight months now. I use them regularly. It's great. It has all nutritional facts on the outside of it, and they have a great variety of food. And I do that, and I have, you know, I have the things that work for me. And over this, like, almost year time, I discovered what works well for me. And people used to tell me, like, you need to find what works well for you. And I'm never like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Now I understand what they mean by that. There are certain things that work well for me and there are certain things that don't work well for me. And I stick to that. And, you know, um, since the surgery, as of this morning, actually, I'm down about 145 pounds and I'm the lightest I've ever been. I'm in the best shape I've ever been. And I'm not telling people like the sleeve is the way to go or you have to do it, but I'll tell you right now, man, going from where I was to where I am now, it, I would do it a hundred out of a hundred times. I would get the sleeve again. And you know, that's kind of mm-hmm. where I'm at. Yeah. You know, my, no, go ahead. You know, my, my mental health is the best it's ever been. My emotional health is the best it's ever been. I mean, like I said, I still have my down days. Like last week I had a couple of days, last week I had a couple of days where I was just not feeling I wasn't feeling the greatest, and you know, I kind of fell off the bandwagon a little bit with my diet, but not not too crazy where I was binge eating. Like now, I was eating certain things I'm not supposed to, because like right now I'm in a cut. Because after I saw how much weight I was losing, I'm like, I think I want to compete in a physique show, like the beginning of next year, like 2024, maybe or sometime in 2024. I want to do a physique show. So right now, I'm kind of in my cut leading into the summer to see, like, all right, let me do a a trial cut and see like how lean I can get myself before the summer starts like with like you know how with my macros because now i track macros too actually with tracking my macros and you know i kind of you know well went off the path a little bit but i didn't allow myself to stay off the path which is one of the biggest things i've noticed is if i kind of weary all like kind of wander off i'm able to catch myself back and it doesn't like last like for weeks at a time or days at a time so you know that that's where i'm at now which i want you to take a breath I had you talking for a while there. Yeah, um, sorry about that. <laughs> no, okay. no, no need to apologize. And I feel like I could have interrupted you at a couple of different points. But I feel like with with you being able to tell your story, you know, I think, you know, it's it's good for us to kind of come through to where you're at today and kind of look at everything that you shared. Because, like, one of the questions that I would have for you is, like, it listening to you tell your story, you know, over the over the years it seems like there's there's patterns there that you seem to be aware of now in terms of your relationship with food and prioritizing different things in your life. Like when you look back on kind of the ups and downs of it all, what are the things that stand out the most to you in terms of you, you know, the patterns you could see developing? I don't know if that question makes sense. Like, no, yeah, no, 100%. You know, like in terms of like, what were the, you know, what were the, what were the things that were really creating, you know, the roadblocks for you? Honestly, it, it was my emotions. It was my mental health and my emotions. Cause like, I, I, I also like, and, and some people like you, you say you have ADHD and people like look at that, like, Oh, you, you have a ten- you can't pay attention. And I really didn't like understand like all the things that ADHD actually affects my, I, I have severe ADHD. So it affects me a lot of aspects of my life and emotions and dealing with my emotions is one of those things that it affects, like, there are little things that will trigger me in a second, like, where I'll get really angry, or really upset, but what I noticed is I would let my emotions affect me more than they should, and it would immediately would go to food, 
because food was always that safety net. So whenever I would deal with like high stress situations or like, let's say for instance, like one of the things that I don't know if you noticed, like involved girls, like, you know, whenever I was upset about something, like if it had to do with a girl, if it didn't go out, if it didn't go the way I wanted it to go and I get my hopes let down, I immediately go to food because that was my safety net. And for years and years and years, it was my safety net. And now I think what I rely on the most is my safety net between looking back at how far I've came from where I was to where I am now is looking is the gym and the mo like how much I've inspired other people. Cause you know, I kind of like one day I was joking around and I, I started saying this thing like, Oh, I'm in the house of unholy iron. And like, that's been like, I started my own Instagram now and I'm kind of making it my brand, the house of unholy iron. And you know, I can't tell you like, Probably a couple times a month, I have people slide in my DMs or message me on Snapchat and say like, hey, like you're motivating me to get back in the gym or your story is so inspirational. Like two of my friends, after I got the surgery, they also got the surgery and they're both down over a hundred pounds. And, and to, look at, to, to look at what I was able to create, the positivity I was able to create from my story and help pass it to other people is kind of what I rely on now. So if I go through something emotionally, like like a high emotional thing where it's like, oh, I'm really upset about this. I'm just like, hey, look at, look what, how much you've done. Look at all this positivity you've, you've created and how far you've come. Remember what you've done. Remember what you've gone through. Eating this food right now, is that really going to make you feel better or is it just going to make you feel better right now? And, and that's one of the things I felt I've helped disrupt that pattern of that vicious cycle of eating my emotions and eating, using food as my safety blanket. Well, understood. And I have to ask, have, have you ever talked to anyone professionally about the depressive episodes that you went through? Um, not at the moment right now. I haven't, I'm actually in the process of like, I, cause I got a new job actually. So now I have really good insurance. My other job, I didn't have insurance. Now I have, I work for the state now, you know, I work for, you know, a hospital based EMS system. Uh, so I have great insurance. So I'm actually in the process of finding somebody to talk to because I, I know with the journey of being overweight and body dysmorphia, you can't just lose the weight and rely on how good you feel from losing the weight. It, it's it's a whole, it's like a, a pyramid of things where, you know, you have to deal with every little individual thing. It's almost like, I want to say like a, a wall with blocks, you know, you pull one block out, it might make it a little insta instable. So, you know, you have to make everything as strong as possible. So that is one of the things I'm kind of looking into right now yeah. is trying to find professional help. Which I, I, I think is a great thing to hear. And I think, and I asked the question because I know people listening are, were probably thinking that question. Because I think especially talking when you, you know, you talked about the, 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 those episodes of where there was, you know, some suicidal thought, you know, and, and thank God, no action. And I'm really glad that you're here, obviously, man. But anyone out there who's feeling those things, like, understand that talking to someone is 100% okay and a, and a great thing to do. And you had your friends to reach out to. And if someone out there is feeling like they don't have anyone, there are resources. And I'll probably end up putting some of them in the show notes today. Like, I think that's important. And I, and I think, you know, one of the things, too, that you highlight there, like, in those patterns that you went through when, you know, realizing that intimate link between your strong emotions and food is when you've used food to handle those emotions and then food is no longer the thing that you can use or the thing you're willing to use in those, those places, you still have right. to handle those emotions. You know, you exactly. still have to handle all those things. Like we don't magically, you know, and, and that's, and that's one of the things, you know, I've had a lot of guys on the show that have had, um, have had the sleeve or had some form of surgery on, you know, and we talk a lot about the fact that when you're an emotional eater or someone that binges or uses food in that way, the surgery creates a physical barrier between you and food. exactly, you know, it's not just anymore about you being able to make food. You know, you're not just about, it's not just about making food choices. If you were to try to eat the way you used to eat when you had, you know, especially right out of coming out of surgery, you're going to make yourself really sick, you know, and, and I'm not just talking about dumping or throwing up and things along those lines. Like you could injure yourself. Like, so, you know, I think there's a, there's a link there, you know, and it's one of those pieces where too often, you know, you'll hear someone talking about, you know, I went through all of these things and I've made a physical change, you know, so it's good to hear that you're conscious of, of the emotional side of it and the mental health side, because I think our minds and our bodies are so intimately linked. And when we 100%. think we think we can take care of the mind just by taking care of the body and vice versa, 
you know, there are people out there that talk about, you know, well, I've got my head on straight now, so everything's going to fall in line physically. And it's like, well, no, if you don't do the work on the physical side, you know, you don't work on the, you know, understanding food, understanding how to move your body, all of those things. It doesn't matter how great your head's on. Right. Like it's, it's funny it, that. No, go ahead. It's funny that you say that because I, 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 this has actually come up in conversation a couple of times with a bunch of people, like between work and, and regular life. It's like this common thing they say is like, you know, it's great to see what you're doing because a lot of people like they just rely on the surgery to lose the weight. And, but you're like, you're doing everything the right way. And like, and I'm not like trying to like bash anybody or like diminish anybody's results. Like, Hey, listen, if you got the surgery and like you're, you can't handle the gym or if you, you just, the gym is not for you. Like as long as you're eating healthy and you're doing the right things, great. But there are certain ways of like going about doing it. And it's like the way I'm doing it now is, is I don't want to say the right way, but you know, cause I have that background in the gym. It's kind of like. I put myself in the direction of like permanent life change where, you know, and the thing was, is, and you just said this is the binge eating. I literally knew that my one thing was the binge eating and I stopped myself by getting the surgery is like, now I can't do the one thing that has always screwed me and set me back, which is one of the biggest things that has helped me. Understood. And I think that's, and you know, this, like you're saying, like, in order to, you know, anyone can, anyone who has surgery can lose weight and you can lose weight that first year doing everything wrong, you know, and I, I don't mean to offend anyone out there, but you know, you can eat, you can eat garbage. You cannot prioritize protein. You can do all the things, you know, you can introduce carbonated beverages too soon. You can do all those things and still see progress to a point and then start putting weight back on. And then you, you know, and then you'll see someone blaming that, you know, the surgery didn't work or this didn't work. And I mean, you know, this being a member of the kind of the VSG community, like pouch reset used to be a a trending hashtag all over the place. You know, like the whole idea of like, I'm going to do a pouch reset diet. You know, I, I've gotten so far out of the way that I need to do this again. Or like, you know, in terms of like, understand, and this is almost, it's not, and this isn't going out to like bash anyone and, and, you know, who's run into those problems, you know, because like I said, it's not just about the surgery, it's about everything, but it's for the people that think that surgery is this magic tool. That's just that everyone who does it is getting this like golden ticket handed to them where they don't have to do any work, (laughs) you know, and there's, if you want to be healthy for the rest of your life, you have to do the work regardless of what tool you use to lose weight, because get a couple, get a couple years out from surgery and go back to your old habits and you're going to be 350 pounds again. Like it's not going to, it's, it's not, it, it's not like they take out your stomach and replace it with like a plastic, you know, with a piece of plastic that doesn't change. Exactly. The exactly. Body, it's it, funny. No, go ahead. And it's funny that you say that because I have a couple of people that I'm, I, I know have gotten the surgery, like a couple of them are years removed from it. And they're like, Hey, listen, just be careful. Like after three or four years, your stomach is essentially back to the same size. And, and, and when they say that, I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I, I get it. I get it. I'm going to be careful of that. And I'm lucky that I've never got myself to the point where I've eaten so much. I've thrown up. I mean, the only times that I have thrown up because of the surgery is because of the multivitamins that I've had to eat. And I didn't eat anything with the, you know, food wise. I've only had two instances of dumping and that was with like, and I've noticed a new thing for me is like dairy stuff, like ice creams. Like that's the only thing I've noticed, but you know, it's funny that you say that I noticed from the very beginning when I had surgery to even today, the amount I can eat has definitely increased if not doubled. And it, 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 and I haven't done it to the point where I'm like, I'm doing it to, cause I want to eat. I'm doing it out of like necessity because now, like I said, I'm tracking my macros. I'm trying to put on muscle. I'm trying to prep, like trying to put myself to the point where I'm prepping for a show. And I'm sure there are, you have listeners that understand where I'm coming from, where it's like, you've gotten your physique to a point where it's like, oh wow, I've actually put myself where I could possibly compete in the future. Well, crap. Now I have to eat this amount of food or do this X, Y, and Z. And it's really hard for me. And like, some people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. And, and it's, and again, it's about all the work that you've done over the past year. The thing I also find really funny is uh, your your surgery anniversary date is my birthday. Um, is it really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That's kind of funny. So when, it, when you sent me your bio, and I'm like, oh, April twenty second. That's a great day. Um, well, happy happy early birthday, oh, by the way. You. Thank you. Um, uh-huh. So what I'm I'm curious about, man, is you know, kind of listening, looking at everything that you've been through, and kind of where you're you're at today. 
What are the things that challenge you now? Um, challenge me now. So, I want to say some of the things that still challenge me are probably, uh, I want to say, the emotions still. Um, still, you know, still the emotions. Still, you know, trying to find the outlet of, like, you know, positivity. Like, there are times where I still look at food where it's like, I want to eat this to make myself feel better. But then I turn around and I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Like, and like I said, there are, there are times where I still fall off the bandwagon where, you know, I I kind of, you know, eat things I'm not supposed to be eating, but not in excess. Um, and soda, honestly. Some of the things, like soda, for instance, is, is still a big challenge for me. Like, I don't drink it on a daily basis, but like, I still have this unending craving for soda half the time where it's just like, oh, I want a nice can, I want a cold Coke or a cold Dr. Pepper. Um, and I, I allow myself that though. And, and that's one of the things that I noticed kind of help is like, I'll have like a half of a can just to kind of get that little bit of like, you know, taste it, it kind of like, you know, taper it down a little bit where I'm not like slamming a whole can and the body dysmorphia still like I remember the other day I was at work um, and I like to tuck my, my shirt into my uniform pants cause it looks professional and I just look at my stomach pouch and I still feel like I'm 300, oh my, about, you know, 367 pounds was the heaviest I ever was, by the way, before my surgery. I, I didn't mention that, but I still feel like I'm 367 pounds. Just, just my, my stomach pouch that overhangs my pants is still one thing that on a constant basis I look at and sometimes I'm completely okay with it. And then other days I'm just like, I want you gone. Like, just come off of me. Just, I want to rip you off and never look at you again because you symbolize all the pain and anguish and bullying and all the bad things I've ever went through in my life because of my weight. So that's kind of one of the things that it's still every once in a while gives me a hard time, which thankfully, hopefully in September, you know, I'll, I'll be having surgery to remove that because I've gotten to a point where it can be removed, but you know, I'm not going to rely on that to like make me feel better. Just kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, this is like the last thing from when I was overweight that I could say goodbye to and really just start like a full clean slate of this is the new me, the new permanent me. I'll never have to look at this kind of again. And I'm pretty sure there are other people that can relate to that where you just look at that pouch and it's like, screw you, man. Screw you. Hmm. Understood, man. So, so, what are the things that make you feel confident about your future now? You know, because having and I ask that not to be like the the jerk who's who's like you know you you had these periods of weight loss and gain before and you know all the cycles you've been through, but I've been through that myself. Like, right. So, from your perspective, what is it that allows you to sit where you're at today and say, I I see a future of success for myself. So what I've actually, and besides, I'm, I'm going to say also gut feeling because I rely on my intuition, like my intuition for whatever reason, you know, they say women have that crazy intuition for whatever reason. I feel like I have that, but I have this just gut feeling that I finally have locked into where I'm, I've made those permanent changes. But also, like I said before, I found what works for me. And like, now that I have what works for me and what I know works for me, I'm going to stick to. So, you know, I have my little tips and tricks that I, I use to help curve the, curve the cravings. Um, you know, and one of the other things that really helps me, you know, stick to what I'm doing is I, I look back on the pictures of myself and, and as well as social media is like, you know, putting my stuff out there and having people reach back to me and saying like, you know, you, you motivate me and, you know, my driving force is to like stay in this point where, you know, I'm an inspiration to people and not losing that ability to spread the positivity and to spread, you know, motivation and inspiration for other people that have been in my position and I can help them. And that's one of the reasons why I want to create this brand um, that I'm trying to like, I'm just in the baby steps. Like I, I just made an Instagram for it, you know, like, but I'm in the baby steps of this and, you know, also just, you know, I kind of want to live a long life, you know, I have, you know, my grandma, my grandfather, like they all passed away and they're like, you know, seventies and, you know, like I am like, I don't know, the early eighties, but you know, my dad, he has a slew of health problems and, you know, I don't want 
to put my kids, my future kids in the position that they have to worry about their father's health. So, you know, I'm kind of in that point where it's like, I need to be healthy for my future family so that, you know, when I have kids, they can look at their father and be like, man, look at everything dad's doing. Like he's, he eats healthy, he works out, he's physically active so that my kids never have to go through the anguish and the sadness and the despair of being bullied or being overweight and going through the mental trials and tribulations that I went through as a kid and as a young adult and they can have the happiest, healthiest life that they can possibly have. I think that's great, man. I think it's a solid perspective to have and is a great driving force. And one of the things you talked about, you know, was motivating other people and connecting with other people. Where can they find you? So I have uh, my my main source of social media right now is my Instagram. It's uh, Matty Mo, uh, but with a zero at the end instead of a zero. So it's M-A-T-T-Y-M-0 is my main Instagram. Uh, I also have my brand that I created that is also in my bio for there. And then I have TikTok I just started using again, and that's just Matt Morrow. Um, uh, I, th- I think it's Matt Morrow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just Matt Morrow. And that's, that's my main sources right now, you know, and you know, if anyone wants to reach out to me and DM, I'm here to talk. Like I, I tell everybody, like if you're feeling some type of way, you need advice, you just want to talk to somebody that's been in your shoes, feel free to message me. I'm sure that people listening will, man. And, uh, I'll make sure I have the right links and everything in the show notes for the episode too. So if anyone listening wants to connect with Matt, that information will be there. Matt, I, I wrap every episode with the same five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Yes, sir. Okay, so question number one, man. Tell us, living or dead, who's your favorite fat guy? Oh, Chris Farley. Easy. That is an easy one and one that I get an awful lot. An awful <laughs> lot. Which is okay. It's okay. He deserves it. He deserves it, but I yeah. hear a lot. Uh, question number two, man. Tell us something about yourself that you love. Hmm... I want to say my just, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the positivity that I exude and contagiously give to people. People at my job all the time, they say like, I don't don't understand how you're so happy and positive at six o'clock in the morning sometimes. And just like, that's just who I am. So I guess my positivity and my energy. I like it, man. Question number three, Matt, on, on, on everything that you've built now for yourself in terms of new habits and new strengths, what has been the most important new habit that you've built to date? Um, sticking to my um, meal prep, I more or less like using the uh, meal prep service that has kept me very spot on. Lots of choices has helped me as well, where it's not like I feel like I'm on a diet. So that has definitely helped me a lot. I like it. Question number four, man. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Uh, get my bachelor's degree. There you go. That's a solid goal, man. Sounds like you're on your way to do it, too. So that's awesome. And question number five, man. Last official question for you today. If you could go back in time, and I'm going to, I've been, lately I've been picking specific time periods to send people back to. If you can go back in time and talk to yourself, during that point where you were being, you know, really, really strongly bullied, you, what is one message you'd want to give to yourself? That you are, you have a lot to offer the world and don't let these people put you down, that you are more amazing and you are, you have more of a personality than you could ever imagine and that it will get better. You just have to make the decision to make it better for yourself that you aren't as low piece of, you know, you're not a piece of dirt. You're not how these people make you feel. You are an amazing person and don't let them make you feel otherwise. I like it, man. And, and I, and I tailored the question that way because I realized, you know, one of the things, you know, I wanted to highlight was you reaching that point in your life. You know, it may not have been the point where everything fell in line health wise, but Hitting that point where you decided it was time for you to step into being the person that you are, I think is the way you phrased it. There's yes. something really powerful about people understanding that there does come a time, especially if you're dealing with with bullying and pieces along those lines, where you can get all the help and resources in the world to, to help you with it. But it does come about kind of shifting your mindset and perspective on what's going on. Yeah, 100%. It's all about you taking that step and realizing like, 
I'm not the image that this person's portraying me. Like that's not that that's not me. That's mm-hmm. their image. And sometimes, unfortunately, people's you know their insecurities and flaws they project onto you because they see how see what your worth is and they're afraid of it. Mm-hmm. No, one hundred percent, man. And I am just excited to follow along and see where you know, the next places that you step into our man. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate everything that you shared and your perspective on your experiences. Thanks for having me on the show, man. I really appreciate it. You know, especially as my first podcast interview. So thank you. Hey, there we go. Everyone, everyone has a day one with this kind of stuff, man. And I, I tend to be the person that people show up on. So I like it. Love it. So my conversation with Matt is not over. We're going to jump on over to the Patreon after show. So if you are not signed up for the Patreon, do so. You know, if you're listening to this show and you support it and you listen every week and have it downloaded and you have not yet taken that opportunity to sign up for the Patreon, why not do it? You know, show the show the show some support to the the guests and your host and all that jazz. And hey, I'm berating you enough today. I'm going to let you all go connect with Matt. Go on out there, do some today to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people I know. Then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum, y'all. 